The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Yesterday, we began a message entitled, How to Respond to Babylon. We are considering the situation that the three Hebrew children were in when they were coerced by the Babylonian king to fall down and worship the idol that he had made. And we've been comparing that situation to our situation today. You see, the Babylonians weren't content for the Hebrew children to worship God in the way they saw fit. Instead, they were trying to impose their own methods of worship and their own thoughts about theology upon the Hebrews. And their response to that is informative for us today. You see, what we should be doing today is the same thing they were doing back then, which is standing firm on the Word of God and trusting God to deliver us in every situation. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
know what's in the thorny ground, child of God? A whole bunch of idols. So wait a minute. You, you fall down to idols. Now, I don't, I don't get down on my knees before silver and gold and wood and those kinds of things. But I'll tell you this. Sometimes I let my work get in the way of God. I let my work get in the way of worshiping the Lord. I let my play get in the way of praising Him. I let other things in my life distract me from the work that I should be doing in the kingdom of God. And you know what? You know what you call something that comes between you and God? An idol. An idol. An idol. Does your recreation keep you from doing what God said? It's an idol. Does your work keep you from doing what God says? It's an idol. Is your climb up the corporate ladder interfering with your, your diligence and dedication to the discipleship of God's people? Then it's an idol. I could go on naming so many things. You see, remember what I said? This word is as up-to-date, more up-to-date than any newspaper today. Because we still have these idols today. And you say, well, there's no fiery furnace. We don't really have that trouble. I know in some countries they still risk their lives, but we're not really risking our lives in a fiery furnace here in America, are we? <clears throat> what do most people do to you when you tell them that, uh, you know, I just really I can't work on Sunday because uh, i got to go to church? They'll kind of put the pressure on you, won't they? Well, you got to work or you lose your job. And I'm not saying this. I understand there are people that have to work on Sunday. I, I get that. There's, there's uh, situations that can't be avoided. But, uh, but I'll tell you this. There was a time when that wasn't an issue. There was a time when you couldn't buy a gallon of gas on Sunday. You can buy it anywhere. Now, I remember when I was young and Mom and Dad and I and Tim were on a trip uh, up in the northeast, up near. We weren't in New York, but we were near New York, somewhere in New Hampshire to Vermont, and like to never found a a place to get gas on Sunday because it was all closed. Nothing closes on Sunday anymore, <laughs> hardly, does it? It's all open there, and they used to didn't have a 24-hour shift either that had to work on Sunday, and now you do. And if you don't, you may get thrown into the furnace of losing your job. What about the furnace of Facebook? What if you post something... What if you post something, beloved, about, about the fact that our Supreme Court overturned a law that promoted death instead of life? What if, you, what if you just say something in favor of that? I've seen people that have posted things in favor of the recent decision by the Supreme Court that we believe is in accord with the Bible, and they were excoriated on Facebook. In fact... Several of those justices that voted that way have had to, hire, or had to have security for their homes because the protesters have gotten up there. In fact, I saw where one of them, uh, somebody posted on Facebook the exact address and location to where one of the justices lives. And just what if you're just trying to do right? What if you're just trying to say good things? What if you stick up for somebody who's being persecuted because of their religious beliefs the furnace of facebook and instagram and social media is a real thing you know there are people there are young folks today please don't let that be any of you that are here tonight but there are young folks today that have had suicidal thoughts over the bullying that takes place on facebook isn't that awful 
See, they're fiery furnaces today. They're fiery furnaces today. Whoso falleth not down and worshipeth the same hour shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not protesters. Now, I'm not saying there's never a, play, never a time that we as Christians shouldn't stand up, take a public stand on issues that affect our nation. We ought to, very often we ought to do that in, in a public way, and certainly we ought to exercise our rights as citizens to vote. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't print up signs and go down to the king's house and start marching and didn't try to storm the king's residence and, and make a statement about just how righteous they were and how right they were. And, you know, God's not called us to be protesters. He's called us to be professors. We're to profess the truth. But we don't have to get out there and protest. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't doing that. You know what they were doing? They were just minding their own business, trying their best to worship God in the way God had said to worship Him. But Babylon is not content to let them do that. There were several Chaldeans in verse 8 that came near and accused the Jews. Now, understand that these Chaldeans, they were Babylonians there, and they they had to know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to accuse them. See, this, so think about this. This is somebody who maybe they work with. Maybe they, they went out to the park together. Maybe they went to the ball game together. Maybe they, they were neighbors in the same area. Maybe they were co-workers in the same building. I don't know what they were, but they knew enough about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to know their names and to know what they were doing, and they went to accuse them. Oh, what betrayal that would feel like. You ever been betrayed by somebody? I have. Hurts, doesn't it? Makes you mad. <laughs> Just minding my business, and somebody goes and, you know, when we were kids, and they go... You didn't want to be a tattletale, right? One of my best friends in the fourth grade told on me about something. I'd done it. I'm not denying I did it, but he went and told on me. He made me so mad, you know. Boy, what betrayal. These friends and neighbors and co-workers or whoever they were, they went to Nebuchadnezzar and said, Nebuchadnezzar, I, you, made this, you made this rule that they're supposed to fall down, but... Verse 12, these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, they, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I go back to social media. You know, one of the biggest fears many people have is being singled out on social media. You say, well, you know, this, does this happen today? I think it happens every day. People who are trying to take a stand for right are singled out and persecuted not just on social media, but in other settings as well. And notice what happened. Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they brought him before the king. Babylon will not leave you alone, child of God. I wish it would. I wish we could just be primitive Baptists. I wish we could just be whatever denomination you want to call it. 
I wish we could just be worshipers of God and come together and worship the Lord like we see fit and just be left alone. But Babylon will not leave you alone. I'm telling you this because you need to know this because we are living in Babylon today. The spiritual Babylon is out there, beloved, and they do not like what we do here. They do not they are against us. The devil is not happy about what's happening at Zion Primitive Baptist Church. Insert the name of your church, any church that is worshiping God in spirit and in truth. The devil is not happy and he has many things at his many tools at his disposal. So the king brings them before, before him. And basically says, now, I've been told that y'all are not worshiping my image. And by the way, I think I said this yesterday, but I believe that image was probably the image of the king. <laughs> most people, that's one of the gods that most people have. That's one of the idols I have. Idol of self. It's probably my worst idol. I want what I want, when I want it, as soon as I want it, in the way I want it. And I want it now. <laughs> you know, that's, that's me because I'm the most important person in the world. Isn't that right? Isn't that the way we all feel? I read, a, <laughs> I read a short story one time entitled The Most Important Man in the World. But isn't that the way we feel? We're the most important person in the world. John Morgan and Meredith's little baby that'll be hopefully born in a few weeks will not come forth from the womb looking out after your interests, beloved. He will not be interested in how comfortable you are, how full your belly is, or how many toys he can give to you. He'll be more interested in his own needs, his own desires, and he'll want it now, and he'll let them know. <laughs> you see, I've got a pretty good familiarity with that because that is something I identify with. I believe this king's image is, I believe it was the image of the king that he had set up. But notice what he said. He said, so you're not worshiping this. He said, I'm going to give you one more chance. And in the end of verse 15, he said, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Well, I want to ask you that question this evening. Who is that God that shall deliver you out of the hand of the Babylonians that we live among today. I, I want to I introduce you to him a little bit as we bring this to a close. This God that shall deliver us out of the hands of the kings of this world is a God about whom Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, we're not careful to answer you about him. You don't have to be careful in how you answer Babylon about your God. You don't have to worry about how you answer Babylon about your God. You don't have to worry about, as long as you're, preach, as long as you're sharing with them what thus saith the Lord, what the Bible teaches us, you don't have to be careful in your response to the Babylonians. He said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. This is a God who you don't have to be careful about talking about to them and he's, because he's a God who is able. There is no issue in your life that God is not able to resolve. There is no sickness you've ever faced that God is not able to heal. 
There's no economic issue, uh, there's no financial problem in your marriage or in your family that your God is not able to fix. There's no storm of life that your God is not able to calm. And notice what they said next. He's able to deliver us and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. You see, this God that you don't have to be careful or worried about how you answer Babylon about is able, and not only is he able, he will deliver you. There's no issue here about deliverance. There's no issue in the minds of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego about whether or not God will deliver them from the hand of the king because he will in one way or another. You say, oh, they already knew that they were going to be able to go in the fiery furnace and not be burned. No, they didn't know that. They had no idea. In their minds, I'm sure they fully expected to be consumed by the flames of that fiery furnace. But they knew one thing that the king didn't. That even if their bodies were consumed, yea, though the skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Just like Job, you see. Job was under great suffering. He was under great great distress and yet and he didn't know all the answers and he didn't get it all right but he got one thing right in the 19th chapter he said he said oh that my words were now written that they were graven in a rock with an iron pen forever for I know that my redeemer liveth and that he shall stand on the earth in the last days and yea he said and though the skin worms destroy my body in my flesh shall I see God oh I'm going to be delivered from this suffering. I'm going to be delivered from this sickness. I'm going to be delivered from these financial straits. I'm going to be delivered from this persecution. We're going to be delivered from you, king, in one way or another. And then they say something that I long to be able to say every day of my life. And I sometimes fall short. I oftentimes fall short. But if not. But if not. I want to say to you, beloved, that but if not faith is the kind of faith we all ought to have. You know, listen to what they've said. King, we're not, we're not going to hesitate. We're, we're perfectly satisfied to tell you about our God because, number one, He's able. He's able to do anything. And He will deliver us, okay? But if He doesn't deliver us in the way we want Him to deliver us, be it known unto thee, O King, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You know what our answer to Babylon ought to be? It ought to be exactly the same answer that they gave to the Babylonian king. Hey, our God's able. Our God's going to deliver us. It may be through death. See, that's why, look, I don't look forward to death. I dread the pain of it. I dread the suffering of it. But, oh, the release of it. I long for that. I long for the release of death. I long to be in his presence. You know, close my eyes here and open them in glory. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? You say, all you old Baptists ever talk about is going to heaven. Well, that's all we've got to talk about. <laughs> what better thing to talk about? Because I don't experience much heaven here. <laughs> I'm getting older. I'll be 55 years old next week. I know some of you older ones say that's young, but I tell you what, it don't feel young. <laughs> It feels a lot older than 25, I can tell you that. And I'm not on the uphill climb, I'm on the downhill slide, Brother Ronnie. <laughs> but praise God, the end of that slide 
is a glorious rest. You see, that should be our answer to Babylon. When they come at you with the persecution because you say, I believe the world was created in six days. And they persecute you because they say, you're crazy, you're foolish, you're an idiot. Because it's clear that it was, a century, it was millions of years of evolution that got us here. When you go to them and say, I believe the family consists of a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, male and female, and not man and man or woman and woman. And they ridicule you for intolerance and you say, I'm not careful to answer you in this because my God who is able and who will deliver me has said that that's the way it is. When they come at you and say, you need to join us in this idea of being gender fluid. <laughs> That there's more than two genders. There's not just man and woman. There's all kinds of different genders out there. And they begin to blur those lines. And you say, God tells me that, they are create, that we are created male and female. And that's the only two. And they persecute you for that. You can say, I'm not careful to answer you there. I don't mince words. I don't have to tiptoe around. I don't mean be ugly. Speak in love. But speak the truth. Answer Babylon that way. And if, and if because of this, you drag me into the streets and you beat me and you kill me and you burn my body, I'm still going to be delivered from you. By the way, let me just close by talking just a few minutes about the fiery furnace. You remember what happened. They, they drug them down there bound in their clothes and they cast them in the fiery furnace and... and uh, the people that put them in the fiery furnace, the soldiers that drug them down there died. It was so hot. I can't imagine the fear and the, and the trepidation as they approached that heat. You know, I'm a baby when it comes to pain. I hate pain, you know. And, and when that starts, that heat started ramping up and they get closer and closer to it and they see just how hot it is and these men die as they cast them in. I can't imagine the fear there. You know, I've, I've preached before about the worst thing about the fiery furnace. You know what the worst thing, though, about the fiery furnace was? It wasn't the heat. It wasn't the fear. It wasn't the trepidation. I believe it was the point in time where that old Babylonian king came meandering down there because he was astonished and said, he said, come out, come forth. And I can just see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fiery furnace talking to one another. But you see, they weren't alone in the fiery furnace. There was a fourth man there. And the king himself said, this man has the form of the Son of God. The, the Son of God himself was in that fiery furnace. And in the midst of that burning fiery furnace that was so deadly to everyone else, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were walking around. I don't know if they got to hold him or hug him or touch him, but they were talking with him. It says, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I believe the worst thing about the fiery furnace was not the going into it, but the coming out of it. 
Because they had to come out. They were in perfect fellowship, in perfect harmony with the Lord Jesus Christ. Right there in the midst of the furnace. Child of God, I believe that when we're in the middle of the fiery furnaces of Babylon in this world, I believe that there's a place there where we can find sweet, precious fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe He's with us more in the fiery furnace sometimes than He is in the pleasant fields of this world. Because He knows we need it the most. I don't know what happened in the rest of the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> but I can just see them sitting around as older men. If they live to be into their 70s or 80s. Sitting around talking. Reflecting on their lives. Shadrach, what's the best day of your life? Was it that time you got that award? Or was it back when you got that promotion? No, Abednego. <laughs> It was that day that we were in the midst of that burning, fiery furnace because our Lord was with us. I've never felt closer to Him. On the deathbed of these sweet, precious saints, I can see them reflecting back and taking comfort from the fact that as painful, as much suffering as they may be going through in their dying hours, I'm about to get to be with the one that I was with in the fiery furnace in an even more special way. I believe the worst thing about the fiery furnace was coming out of it. And I want to say to you, child of God, don't worry about the fiery furnaces of this world. We live in Babylon, I believe. There's fiery furnaces out there. But Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you go through the fire, it won't touch you. When you go through the flood, it won't overthrow you. It won't overflow you. Because I'm going to be there with you. I appreciate your kind attention tonight. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.